0: I actually did that to a designer recently. I was proposing them for a show and I said, you know, look at his Insta stories. Look at this one, this one, and this one. I think he's really great on camera. And I sent it off to a casting person. And because I was able to pull those Insta story links, I was like, this is, I think he's great. I think you should take a look at him. This one, this one, this one. The Wingnut
1: Social Podcast, How to Be an HGTV Star with Abby McCollum.
2: Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating digital influence into physical success. This is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the host of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell.
1: Hey there, wingnuts. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, the head wingnut, Darla Powell, and I am joined by the huge orangutan, natalie Engraff. Graff.
2: Hello, hello. I see you have a new name for me, Darla. I know, because you're tall. Yeah, You, you kind of
1: have orangutan coloring, and your arms like basically go to the floor. Ah, uh, These are like <laughs> terms of endearment, are they? Well, that's why I always have you reach things on the top shelf, because your arms, you're like inspector gadget go, where your arms go, just
2: go, go, ch- go ch- gadget arms mm-hmm. okay
1: so orangutan natalie yeah. and grief nag orangutan boy keep them coming keep the hits coming that's what i like to say oh wait till you tell the kid this one <laughs> she's gonna well she calls me t-rex
2: well that's like, right because your arms are so short <laughs> my this arms are true. so
1: short compared to my body when i run i look like a t-rex so do you do listen if you can't make fun of yourself how can you make fun of others i'm way ahead of you
2: This is true. You have to laugh at yourself. You have to be able to. And there's
1: plenty to laugh at, let me tell you. Natalie, you know what we did forget to tell the wingnuts about our experience at High Point?
2: Yes, I will. (laughs) Well, first (laughs) of all, we have a bit bit of
1: advice. So if and when, and you guys absolutely should, because we've mentioned before, going to High Point and similar events is an incredible networking opportunity. We did two speaking engagements there. You know, rubbed elbows, got lots of clients, all this kind of stuff, just from the networking. But, you know, I digress. This isn't a networking episode. But again, go. But if you do go, a great way to get lodging there is to do VRBO or what's the other one airbnb
2: yes it's a lot more budget friendly Mm -hmm. you get a group of people together and you have new travel mates and it works great
1: right so we did that and we stayed there with the fabulous nicole heimer no like interest nicolo dwyer who was on the podcast we stayed there with uh johanna who's our lead designer and also we had our friend alice taylor alice taylor a family friend that stayed there so the house (laughs) this is nobody's gonna think this is funny except for the people that stayed there there probably, but I'm telling it anyway. So the house was like 1920, super cool over in Winston Salem. And my designer Johanna is terrified of ghosts. Like if you even pretend like there's ghosts there, she's out. She's 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 a ticket back to Weehawken or wherever she came from. So, (laughs) of course, me being the ultimate ass, the first thing I say is, oh, I wonder if this house is haunted because it's built in the 1920s and that's just how I roll. And um, so she decides this time she's going to go with it. And she pulls this picture. It's like an Anne Geddes photography picture of this baby with this Granny Smith apple out of her room. Very inexplicable why that would be in there as decor. And she's like, I wonder if this is the baby that haunts the house. (laughs) So the whole weekend, we're all like, Did you hear that? It was a creaking noise. I think it was Apple Baby. <laughs> Apple Baby. And the attic was locked. So we're like, Apple Babies in the attic. And it, and it devolved to us going, Apple Baby. <laughs> so anyway this is the kind of fun that you can have when you get a group of friends and stay at an airbnb at high point market
2: that's right and all the uh inside jokes and all of this (laughs) that we're gonna have when we go back in october it's gonna be great we're gonna have a whole new set of them
1: and we tried to get that house again for october because we definitely got um attached to apple baby we did but it was already rented
2: it was already rented but uh lovely people at the VRBO and I do, mm-hmm. if anybody listening needs some help with some lodging, um, the, yeah, we have man- good, yeah. the manager actually called me personally and says, Hey, I'm sorry that house is rented, but I've got a couple more and I'll, I'll put your name in the hat. Uh, he says, you, he says it's yours. And I, he says, I've got a couple other options too. So if someone's looking for lodging and needs some help, just shoot me an email, natalie at wingnutsocial.com.
1: You're going to regret that. You're going to get I, deluged. That's okay. <laughs> She's so helpful. There's a trash box. <laughs> oh, oh! so insincere and orangutan arms.
2: Good to know. <laughs> I'm not insincere. Of course, i So, I'll help them.
1: somebody out there, there's a designer out there listening that's going to get Apple Baby for October. And when you see Apple Baby, think of us Natalie and Graf. Oh. You remember going to the Dick?
2: That's not what it's called, though. (laughs) It is.
1: It's the Design Influencers Conference. That's better. The DIC.
2: That's okay. One of the
1: standout speakers there was Abby McCollum.
2: I remember her because she spells her name wrong.
1: (laughs) A-B-B-I, which it's not short for anything. That is actually her name. It is. Just like your daughter.
2: Yes. Abby. A-B-B-Y. A-B-B-Y,
1: which is not short for anything. That's the actual name. Abby also works for Discovery Inc. Home, which is the lead company of such gems as hgtv the diy network travel channel and great american country shows and such so abby is actually pivotal in spotting talent from social media that you know they might want to audition for their hgtv shows or diy shows and she gave a whole talk there uh, to designers on how you want to stage your social media and get the attention of television producers, HGTV producers and such, so you can get noticed and maybe get discovered. And let me tell you, my ears perked up. And one of the main things that she said (laughs) on there was, and we do this, we're pretty good at doing this actually, is posting video, not just in your stories or not just in IGTV, but in your grid, in your feed on Instagram. And I'm using Instagram, but insert your platform here. But you know, our number one one is Instagram. So, you know, if we do tag H G T V or something and you do get their attention, they can go over and see, oh, let me see this person's personality. Let me see how they are on camera. Let me, you know, let me see if you know has it worked yet. This is someone (laughs) we'd be interested in. (laughs) So I went from the talk, I mean, immediately. I mean in our hotel room that day. I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna get my ass on H G T V, posted a video and it was cute. I think it's adorable. (laughs) But I'm still not on H G T V. So I have to ask Abby why she's being such a tease. What what am I doing wrong? (laughs)
2: <laughs> we're definitely going to go into detail on how to get on HGTV. How does she do it? How does she wear so many hats? Because her bio and the list of things that she does is pretty impressive. It's
1: funny that you mentioned the bio because here it is, actually. Her bio is such. Abby McCollum is the vice president of social media and convergence for the Discovery Inc.'s home and travel channel categories. She is charged with creating a bridge between the on-air programming team See, what did I tell you? The marketing team and the digital team. As the head of social media for home and travel, Abby is responsible for overseeing the team that promotes daily content to an audience of over 40, 40 million. million. Let that sink in. Managing partnerships, producing live event, coordinating with influencers, and creating original programming for Facebook Watch, YouTube, Snapchat, and Instagram stories. Since taking over HGTV's Instagram account in 2012... Abby has increased the number of followers by over (laughs) 11,000%. I wonder if she's looking for a job. Making it the number one brand on Instagram in the home category and helped HGTV rise to the number four position in the home category for video views. Guys, this is going to be an episode on fire. You want to stay tuned, take notes, and pay attention. Help me in welcoming Abby McCollum to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Abby McCullum. Welcome to the WingNet Social Podcast. Thank you for joining us today.
0: Hi guys. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. We're
1: really super excited to have you here. But first, before we start, I have a bone to pick with you.
2: Tell me. I'm sorry, <laughs> Abby. I'm I'm just gonna apologize already, Abby, for her. <laughs>
1: Okay, so as I mentioned to the Wingnuts, we were at the Design Influencers Conference whose acronym Natalie Hates that I say. And <laughs> I heard you speak and I the tips that you gave you are like, hey, you know, post video on your Instagram, so you know, and tag HGTV and we'll take a look at you and that's how we notice you. So I instantly ran up to my hotel room and did a video and I'm still not on HGTV. So I want to know what the hell.
0: Hey, give us a minute. Come on, that just happened. <laughs> We've got a lot going on here. At HGTV, <laughs> <laughs> I
2: know you have so much going on. According to your bio, I don't know how you guys how you do it all. I mean, you wear so many
0: hats. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's an exciting like in my position is what have. The, I honestly think one of the best jobs here at HGTV personally, because I get to work with sure. a lot of different departments here within HGTV. And I also have kind of a dual role. I also oversee all of the social and convergence for Travel Channel as well. I don't know if people realize that HGTV, Travel Channel, we're all part of the same family of Discovery. Um, so my team does HGTV and Travel Channels So it's kind of funny in meetings, I'll say, Let's talk about, you know, this home decorating show and this renovation and flipping houses. And then immediately after that, I have to go to a meeting to talk about demons and mummies and portals to hell. And so (laughs) (laughs) do you get to travel? Like, do you get to go to some of these places and check them out? Yeah. So we're the Travel Channel world has changed a little bit. We're kind of saying you travel in your mind to these places to explore mummies and Ghosts and literally Portals to (laughs) Hell is the show that we have coming up. Ghosts. Apple baby. Apple baby. (laughs) I got to go on. We did a 10 week long ghost hunt live where every Friday night we went live on a ghost hunt from different locations. And my team was there providing the social support. So for... An hour every Friday night for ten weeks in a row, we were live ghost hunting with multiple webcams set up around these very spooky locations, and it was oh, that's wild. terrifying and crazy and awesome <laughs> and wonderful. <laughs> oh my god! I just
1: got goosebumps, and, and I just got so jealous. That sounds—I would love to do that. That sounds so fun. Yes, I'm obsessed with ghost tours and ghost. Stores. Yeah, our
2: be- our best one was in Savannah. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh! I
1: love. Go- we could we could get on a tangent and go on crazy here oh, for gosh, you
0: guys. <laughs> <yes>, that's your <laughs> <and> next, <laughs> that can be your spinoff <laughs> podcast, paranormal ghost talk. There you go.
1: Ooh, that would be great. Oh, I would no. love that.
2: We have enough. We have enough hats, Abby. Really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so Abby, out of all those channels, right, the one that I think most of our audience is going to perk up listening to it is HGTV. Yes. that is the go-to design channel in the industry. And you, and, you know, we we do have some listeners who aren't aren't interested in becoming influencers or being on HGTV, but a whole hell of a lot of them that are. So I'm sure that they're sitting there with their little pens and paper getting ready to take the notes. But first of all, let's talk a little bit about the evolution of HGTV. I remember back in the day, some <clears throat> years ago, when I used to watch it, it was it seemed to be more um decorating and design focus not that it's not now but it was like remember designing for the sexes design on a dime and more just step from you know one to ten here's how you make a room pretty and after the recession like I would say 2009 2010 this is is my theory I'm gonna tell me if I'm Mm. wrong I noticed that you know with the advent of all the flipping and the renovations and that I HG. TV took a, a focus on that direction more so. So I wanted to ask you if you, why that was. Was that a, an influence from the design industry or just from what I think with the recession in the flipping industry? Or how did that turn happen? Do you know? Um,
0: well, I don't want to speak 100% for my friends on the linear programming side since I do sit more in okay. the digital world. But I will say that I know that by kind of changing the programming a little bit so that it encompassed more of the flipping, the renovation, the projects that showed how houses kind of came from, you know, a potentially dismal state into a designed a finished design space, really was to expand the audience. You know, when it was just a decorating and design channel, we found that you know we had a very niche audience that was very interested in decorating, and design, and finding out how to update their spaces. Um, you know, we always hear from fans on social, especially that you know bring back design on a dime. We miss shows like that. But what we really found was that when we added aspects of those shows into the shows that were more flipping shows, it kind of Grew our audience. So, we were able to feed the people who wanted the decorating and design content because every show does have a de- decorating and design aspect to it. You know, at the end of every episode, you see a finished space and you've got tips and tricks from these design experts and these flipping experts on how they can stage a house to sell it, how you can, you know, influence the design with your own personal items, how you can really bring, you know, modern and classic and mid century together. So, We really recognized that we had a huge audience of people that loved the decorating and design content, but we also recognized that there was a lot of people that wanted a little bit more than that. They wanted to see projects. They wanted to see how you could take a space from really needing an update to what it could look like when you put a little elbow grease into it. So it was really more of a play to expand the audience and reach more people with the content that we knew was the bread and butter of HGTV, but then could become part of a larger story that we could tell. So it was really just expanding the storytelling elements that we knew the HGTV audience would love and that more people could start watching and appreciating also. And it kind of did coincide with that time period. But I think it was because a lot of people were just also becoming interested in investing in real estate and what they could do to you know, spruce up their spaces. I think there was a lot of people also that recognized they didn't really want to move from their house. They didn't need a new house. They wanted to find how they could take their house and do some updates to it and make it their dream home. So we focus on that a lot. You know How you can take the space that you're already living in. Here's some small or large or giant projects that you can do that really update the space that you're in and make it your dream home in the place that you already live. So it was really just to expand the audience's interests by giving them more things to watch.
1: And clearly it's working. Yeah. I mean if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean your viewership is insane.
2: The guys at the fire station will actually put it on <laughs> and we'll we'll have like marathons of H G T V of of uh Chip and Johanna and then yeah. they'll have then what's the other one they watch? They watch House Hunters all day. Oh, my yes. gosh. Some oh, my gosh. You can just put it on. And then they get mad if we get a call, I and mean, then we have to go out, and we don't see which one they which pick. Which
1: house? To the uninitiated, Natalie is a, a firefighter by day. That's her her day job. You wear a
2: lot of hats too. My goodness. I know that's why we don't need a spinoff ghost ghost uh, <laughs>
1: paranormal podcast. I think we do. I think we need a spinoff ghost podcast. I'll
0: help you guys. I would love I'm, to do it. I'm, I'm not I'm an kidding. expert now at ghost hunts. I'll help you guys. <laughs> oh, boy. But yeah, that is, you know, Natalie, we do see that, that, you know, it it is a channel that people can watch as a whole family, that people can sit down and they know what to expect, that, you know, sometimes there is a little bit of a, a formula to our shows that you can watch the the hunt for the house, and then you get the options, and then you know which that they're going to pick something at the end. So it is a little bit of um, it is a family. Yeah, it's a little bit of catharsis, like in this crazy world, you know, that you can turn on HGTV, and that you'll see some beautiful design and that, you know, pretty much what's going to happen in some of the shows. And so it's kind of nice to have that that calmness that you can just turn that channel on and it's always gonna be there for you. So we You know, it, it
2: it's always a little family orientated because I know that I'd watch it with my daughter because it was something easy I could click on and she actually liked it and <laughs> yeah. I knew I wasn't gonna get anything that she couldn't watch and I didn't have to watch cartoons. Exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um So how has the social media evolved in the last seven years since you took over Oh my goodness. Insanely I mean I know I mean that's a really loaded question. Yeah, I was say, did, did <laughs> that's they- like you know, but you can break it down
0: Did a little bit. Did they have bit. social media seven years ago? MySpace. Wh- what was the music on your MySpace page? Back <laughs> My <then>? top eight. <laughs> um, no, it's funny when, so previous to this job, I worked for Southern Living Magazine and we started a website. They were called My Home Ideas that was kind of a collaboration of a couple different magazines in the Time Inc world. And I remember at that job, I had to, I literally had to write a paper to my boss to convince him that we needed a Facebook page because he thought we should only focus on the (laughs) website and not Facebook, he thought it was a waste of time. And I said, I thought that we needed one. And so I literally had to write a paper and give all these examples of other people who had had Facebook pages and said, I thought we should have one too. And so he let me start one, which was like, now it's a no brainer, like how do you not? (laughs) Of course you have one. Similarly, when I came to HGTV um, seven years ago now, we had an Instagram account that had about 2,000 followers. And no one really knew exactly who had set it up. No one knew where the password was. And everyone (laughs) was so focused on Twitter and Facebook at that point that I said, well, if I can find the password, can I kind of take this on as my personal project? And so I had to hunt the password down. It ended up a photographer on one of our sets had changed the password. So we had to get the password. Once we found the password, I kind of took it on as my personal project. And at this point, I had nothing to do with social media. I was just programming the website with content. And my love and passion for social just kind of grew from that. And I saw how engaged the HGTV audience was, whether it was on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. And by growing the audience there kind of organically, it led us Test new things there, let us try new things, and then, obviously, as Instagram has grown tremendously you know just in the world in the last couple of years, so has our profile. So I think we're at three and a half close three and a half million fans, I think now, so obviously, we have a lot of people who are very passionate and love to follow us and I will say our accounts are they're kind of an interesting amalgamation of accounts for all of our socials because we recognize that it's people who are watching all of our shows. So it's got a lot of show content and talent content. But then we also do recognize that there's a lot of people out there that just love decorating and design and beautiful spaces. And we have a ton of experts that work with us and provide content for HGTV.com, for HGTV Magazine. And so we put a lot of that content out on our social platforms as well. And so you know, when you're a follower of HGTV on any of these platforms, you're kind of getting the entire brand. It's not just one thing. So we kind of, we're really cognizant of that, that we're giving people a lot of information, but that we're aware that, you know, we're feeding people decorating content, how to content, crafting content, gardening content. And then we're also telling them the latest and greatest about the shows that we have on. So it's kind of a lot to take in, but we know that our fans love it all. So we're trying to give them as much as possible.
1: Okay, so basically you took HGTV from seven years ago to 2,000-some-odd followers to 3.5 million followers. Yes. I'm officially here on the air um, offering <laughs> you a job with Wingnut Social. <laughs> Now, that is incredible I mean part of that too is the evolution of you know Instagram and Facebook and social media but that that is absolutely incredible and
0: it's a, and I mean I will say too it's not it's a hundred percent not just me I mean there is an amazing sure. team of social media people here <laughs> with us all of our editors are creating amazing content at all times and so a lot of times it's just you know my team that's creating these amazing insta stories creating great posts using good copy but we also have a lot of great content that's coming in from, you know, from freelancers, from designers, from people like Mm -hmm. in your audience that our editors work with to get the latest and greatest designs that are out there that we're seeing in, you know, that we see in magazines, that we see out there on the internet, that we see on other Instagram pages. We're constantly watching all of that at the same time um, and bringing that kind of into our site and, and then promoting it on our social as well.
1: Right. So so obviously you guys have, you're not just throwing stuff and hoping it sticks though. You have some kind of strategy. And some of the things that we have, um it's a challenge at Wingnut Social, you know, because we have the social media marketing ag- agency for designers is trying to um convince isn't the right word, but educate designers on why social media marketing and having a strategy is so important.
0: Right. After, you know,
1: with your vast experience now and you're quite the expert in the social media world. How important is it in today's uh, day and age for designers to focus on their social media for their business, would you say?
0: I think it's incredibly important personally. For example, we had a couple of our editors that were at High Point last week, two weeks ago, recently. Last week. Yeah, I missed them. And they were able to go into a bunch of different booths. They were able to get a bunch of different pictures, Insta stories, videos that they captured while they were there And because, you know, they focused a lot on designers that had social presences so they could tag them. And then by a large brand like HGTV, tagging different accounts and things that they're seeing, that helps get more exposure. Um, I remember I went to High Point, it was probably five and a half years ago. And I remember I was doing it as HGTV. I was walking around trying to do profiles of people and doing different um, coverage of the event. And I would ask a lot of people at this time, you know, what's your Instagram account so I could tag you? And I was shocked at how many people had no presence on social at that point. Obviously, five and a half years ago, that's evolved a ton. And so now when they went back this time, they said it had changed a lot. That, you know, obviously, a lot more people have presence on social. And I think in order to just be part of someone's daily life, you have to have a presence on social. I mean, I'm on my phone all the time, as are many people. I was just at a Snapchat conference a few weeks ago, and they were saying that, you know, the amount of time adults spend on mobile is now surpassing the amount of time they spend watching TV. And so oh, wow. the if you want to be in someone's life, you have to be on their phone. I feel like, you know, people are constantly scrolling. And in order to really become part of, you know, their brain, they might not go to a website. They might not pick up a magazine every single day. They might not, you know, necessarily know to go follow someone who is a new designer or has a new collection coming out. But by having a social presence, I feel like you really um, optimize your opportunities to become part of people's mindsets and to stay front of mind with them. And so that as they're scrolling or looking at their Insta stories or, um, you know, going through their Facebook news feed, like you are right there with them as they're going through their daily lives. And it really helps just increase, I think, increase exposure all around. So I say it's huge.
1: You know, one of the things that I'm most surprised at when I go, like when clients come to us and we go over their Instagram or their Facebook is that there's no pictures of the designers themselves. Yes. There's nothing on there with, yeah, with their face, with their personality. So the designers listening, you have to remember that people are, are inviting you into their personal inner sanctums. They want to know who you are also. And, you know, to, we're going to speak a little bit more on it, too. If you want to hashtag HGTV and there, HGTV wants to see who you are. Am I right about that?
0: A hundred percent. Yes. We have had many conversations where, you know, we're saying, oh, this is a great designer. Um, Let's go look at their Instagram. And I will scroll through it and be like, well, they have really pretty rooms, but who is the person? I was actually in a, a TV development meeting the other day and someone said, um, you know, this person's great. They have an awesome Instagram account. And I went and looked at it and I was like, well, They do. It's beautiful. Like it's a beautifully designed Instagram account. But who is this person? (laughs) I have no idea who they are. I couldn't find a single video of them talking. I couldn't, I finally, you know, after four or five scrolls down the page, found a picture of them. But it took a while to even be able to understand who the person's personality was. And so I think that is it's like your calling card, you know, like if someone can go to your Instagram account and find out who your personality is, that's hugely important. And especially when the world's moving so fast. If someone hands me three Instagram accounts, and I can go to them, and they all look beautiful. And the only differentiating factor is the person behind them, then I want to see that person, I want to know who they are, I want to know how they speak on camera, I want to know, you know, a little bit about them. So I love when someone I'm following, every now and then, you know, not a lot, because I don't think you need to do it a lot. But you know, every few weeks or few months is they do a new intro, introduction post. So they might say, Hey, guys, I know you've been following me for a while. I think it's time for me to remind everyone who I am. And they'll be like, I'm hmm. Abby, I have this many kids, this is what I do. This is what my passions are. I think that is always so helpful, because sometimes they will pop up in my feed. And I'll be like, Oh, yeah, that's why I followed that person. And it will remind me who they are. So I think having that presence, I think you're exactly right, that has to be part of someone's social strategy. Because if I have a few minutes to look at someone's page, I don't want to have to then contact them and say, Hey, could you do a quick camera test for me? So I know how you are on screen. I want to be able to, you know, paste an Instagram URL into an email and say, Mm -hmm. check out this amazing video of this person. I actually did that to a designer recently, I was um, proposing them for a show. And I said, you know, look at his Insta stories, look at this one, this one, and this one. I think he's really great on camera. And I sent it off to a casting person. And because I was able to pull those Insta story links, I was like, this is, I think he's great. I think you should take a look at him. This one, this one, this one. And I sent those links and I didn't even have to contact that person to say, Hey, you know, in the next few days, could you send me a camera test that you're doing or something? I, I was just able to quickly send links. And then it, I don't know what happened because nothing's happened yet because that was just about two weeks ago. (laughs) But it was a very quick turnaround from someone asking me my thoughts on something to me being like, yeah, I do have someone. Here they are. And I sent links Mm -hmm. immediately.
2: And her name is Dark. No, and that (laughs) that actually, that takes the nerves out for the people behind the camera because they have Mm -hmm. no idea you're using it or doing it. So then they don't try too hard or try to act like they're natural. And then you're good.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I'm writing down. And I will say, I was just going to say, the reason I was able to do that was because that person put some video highlights on their Instagram profile. So it's not like I even they mm-hmm. to have to have, they didn't have to have video on their Insta stories all of the time. They didn't have to have video on their Insta feed all the time, but in their highlights, they had a couple different instances where I was able to pull really great examples of them doing a selfie style video. And so I think that's an important thing to remember too, is that it's not like you have to have video in your Insta stories every single day. It's not like you have to be doing a, a perfect video, You know, every time you do something, but just to have something quickly accessible for someone like me to be able to go to your account and find that video is extremely helpful
1: love it and you know I haven't done any of those intro posts I mean once in a while I do it but that you know I see them and I that's a good idea I've told that totally escaped me and I that's this is what I do so that was a great refresher so I have a question about okay so if you go to three separate we're using Instagram for the sake of argument accounts and they're all beautiful designers but you have say we have a lot of baby designers listening and a lot of newer designers and maybe they don't have as wealthy of a portfolio as some of the other designers with them having more of that you know um, on camera personality, would that trump a a designer that has, you know, way more experience, way more beautiful work as far as, you know, the topic of this
0: podcast? That's a very good question. Um, Thank you. I think, (laughs) I think honestly, it's, it is about talent. But if someone didn't have a ton of clients didn't have, you know, years and years of a portfolio, but they were able to show some amazing work and some innate talent that they had and a great eye, And they were also able to have a great camera presence. I feel like that it doesn't necessarily trump years of experience or, you know, having a very robust Instagram profile. I think it's just I think that it would just it helps. Yeah, it helps. It helps. You know, I think it helps balance the playing field. probably Exactly. Because, I mean, the the overall goal is to find someone who has amazing talent and then also has that ability to kind of be a great presence on screen, on camera, on film. Um, you know, in a blog post on an article on the site. So I think that having the skill is the first thing, you know, we're not going to put someone up there just because they look great on camera, (laughs) you know, (laughs) we need someone who actually has the skills to back that up. So, you know, I think if someone could have both, that's the goal. That's also not to say that someone might have amazing designs, but maybe just isn't as comfortable in front of the camera. You know, I think if the goal of anyone, you know, listening to this is to be You know, hashtag HGTV famous to be a HGTV star. (laughs) I don't think that you necessarily have to always think HGTV TV. I think you can also remember that HGTV, the brand, is quite large. And, you know, we have websites Mm. that we're creating daily content for. And so that doesn't necessarily mean that we need someone to be on camera all the time or to be on video all the time. Having, you know, that amazing design eye and being able to put together a room or put together um, an entertaining tablescape or put together a, a spring party. You know, those skills are also extremely vital to the HGTV world. So we have editors all the time that are creating content from freelancers that are creating content themselves. And those can, you know, create a great presence on HGTV.com through articles, through galleries, through blog posts. And those are then published to our social as well. So I think to, to say... Someone could be you know, an HGTV star or HGTV famous doesn't mean that they have to just be on TV. I think to, to remember that the brand is quite large and there's a lot of places for a lot of different kinds of talented people.
1: That's a good point. And I know there's a lot of designers listening who are like, I do not want to get on camera. I get too nervous on camera. Screw this. That's me. (laughs) And their ears just, uh, no, not me, but their ears just perked up and they're like, oh, you know, I have beautiful work. That's right. They have magazines. They have all kinds of online, all kinds of avenues. So this is really broad hitting. Yes. I mean,
0: I hate being on camera. I am quite happy to make everyone else in the world famous and I will sit right back here <laughs> and I will hit the buttons because every time someone, if, I'm really great if I just talk off the cuff, but if someone hands me a script, right. I just, I am the worst. And so you, you were great at the, at the DIC. I'm, see, I'm good. Did really I good didn't job. practice because I'm not good if I practice. If I practice too much, then I freak myself out. So <laughs> I, I get that. I'm kind of like, yeah, that I know too. what points I have to hit and then I just talk. And so I think, but that's something to keep in mind too, you know, it's, we are looking for people all over the place to really fill out the entire ecosystem of HGTV. And so that's, you know, bloggers, that's, you know, people who are great stylists, that's people who are great designers. And so we're constantly looking for people all over the place that fulfill any of those roles.
2: And everybody knows how huge branding is. Like It's just a huge component. But with the new budding designers, do you have any advice to help them to try to be consistent with their branding so they could possibly get recognized? Or is that
1: even something you guys look at? Would you want to find someone that's really polished brand wise? Are you looking for more diamonds in the rough? Or is that also just vary?
0: I think it varies too. I think it kind of has to do with the the person. You know, it's hard to say that there's one formula that works anymore, I feel like, um, because there's just so many different Versions of people that present themselves in ways that could turn into successful stories. You know, I think that branding is important in the kind of like the consistency of a person to kind of make sure that, you know, if I go to someone's Instagram account, I'm not going to be like, wait, what is this that they're posting today? This is crazy. Like yesterday, they were posting something completely different. Like, I think it's great to have varied interests, but when I go to someone's account, I'm also kind of expecting to get them and their personality and what I, think that they're going to be. And so I think that kind of goes back to the whole authenticity that people are really kind of focusing a lot right now, I feel like, on the internet. Um, I feel like for a minute, everyone was all about, you know, filters and trying to look perfect and having a perfect nine grid and having everything look great. And because of Insta stories and Facebook stories and everything like that, it's given people a little bit more opportunity to be their authentic selves on on the internet also. And so I think having that authenticity helps kind of build their own brand. You know, it's like you're able to speak as yourself, you're able to showcase your work and really focus on what is what drives you to be successful and what you really are passionate about and a lot of times that will I think come through in your design and also in the branding. And I know that at specifically at the design bloggers conference, someone asked me about hashtags and if they should create their own hashtag and at the at that time I said I didn't think so and I've started to notice that it's easy to just create one hashtag to throw it on there and have people kind of recognize maybe just even your name, you know, just like a hashtag with your name. And then you could tell people to follow that and then see all of the posts that come up with you whenever someone's mentioning you. So I kind of was taking back some of the words that I've previously said and said, I think that might be a (laughs) good way to just brand yourself, to just, you know, include your name in there so that other people, when they, you know, put you in their posts can, at you and mention you, and then also put your name as a hashtag, and then keep your name kind of growing as a tag that people might search for.
1: You know who does that really well, and she was also at the DIC was uh, Kate O'Hara from O'Hara Interiors Official. They have they even have it in their bio. It's hashtag Oh My Styled Life, and you know they have like twenty two thousand followers, something like that, which is you know pretty good. Um, and they use that in all of their hashtags. And speaking of followers, I have another question for you because you mentioned when you were at uh, or your team was at. Um, High Point, Um, you were cross posting with influencers. Does do you guys the HGTV in general, does it matter the influencers or the people that you're collaborating with their follower numbers? Uh, How much do you guys look at that as far as how healthy their accounts? We're
0: definitely always looking at them just to be aware of how many followers someone has. But we've also seen that you know, because someone has a large number of, number of followers, it doesn't necessarily correlate into bringing all of those people over to the HGTV world. So then it goes back to us focusing on the talent and, you know, looking at the skills of the person and really, you know, diving into who they are and what their what their passions are and what their skills are and kind of going back to the, the great the best person to really show what we want to show on the brand. So we've worked with some people that have a lot of followers and we've worked with some people that are kind of more starting out and we've seen success with both, honestly. So I think that it, it not to say that we wouldn't work with someone or showcase someone or focus on something that didn't have a lot of followers. If we really thought it was the best representation of what we wanted to put on social.
1: Gotcha. And is Instagram the main channel that you guys are using for like a, your HGTV farm? <laughs> or, or do you guys still look at Twitter? Do you look at Facebook? Do you look at any other channels? Or
0: Yeah. So we're, we've actually been working on this a lot, just like trying to figure out exactly what each channel is. My team had a big kind of internal summit a few weeks ago where we were just examining each channel. And we recognize a lot that Twitter is a place where we have a lot of our TV fans. That's where people seem to be going to talk about our shows. They're live tweeting. They're they really want to know more about the talent and about the shows and what happens behind the scenes. And so that's what we've really focused on for our Twitter account. You know, we'll post we call it editorial content, you know, more of the decorating and design stuff a little bit, but we've really seen that a lot of the fans there tend to gravitate more towards the TV content. So that's what we focus our Twitter account on. HGTV's in or HGTV's Facebook is still very much Both. It's um, the decorating and design, the life hacks, the organization, the storage, the entertaining, as well as the TV content. So what we tend to do is use the daytime to really promote a lot more of our editorial content. And then as we get more into evening and prime time is when we post more about our television shows. So we've kind of split the day up a little bit in our heads, even though we know that things hit people's feeds at different times. That's how we kind of do a little bit of our programming. So we'll use the daytime more to hit some of the editorial stuff and the evening to hit the linear TV stuff. And then Instagram, since it's such a visual platform, is where we've really focused a lot on putting a lot of our gorgeous imagery from the site, a lot of our rooms. Um, And then we also have used Insta stories to really show the personalities behind a lot of the stuff that we're doing. We've had talent do takeovers. Um, we do some TV stuff there as well, where we tell people tune in or, you know, what's coming up that night. We've had two shows that we had on recently. One was, um, hometown and one of a kind with Grace Mitchell. And we use those to create a ongoing franchise during the runs of those shows that we called makeover Monday. And so we were able to just put those up every Monday, kind of focus on what the house looked like before and after and what people could s- expect to see when they tuned in that night. So we're using that to also kind of be our, you know, our editorial and design spot, but then promote our shows there as well. I love it.
1: Okay, so my last question before we get into the what up wingnut round, because I think we pretty much have given the wingnuts a lot of tips on how to become HGTV stars in whatever way they deem (laughs) it. Right. Yeah. Uh, obviously, not everyone can, but that's definitely some help, helpful tips here is hashtags. I noticed that um, HGTV, well, there's such a huge account now, 3.5 million. We said you guys don't use a whole heck of a lot of hashtags. Is that just because you guys are just too big for hashtags now? Or what's your strategy there? We
0: just have. Just nev- real quick. Yeah, that's um, it's not that I don't think anyone's ever really too big for it. We just haven't really seen a whole lot of Success with that, to be honest. So, we're really just focusing more on the content and tagging people that are part of it and just kind of growing our audience using the content that we have.
2: Okay. I I think it's safe to say they're a pretty big enough brand that everybody (laughs) wants to follow them, anyways. They don't have to try to uh, gain the followers. Who's this HGTV upstart? (laughs) I've heard of them. Yeah. The new kids on the block.
0: And you know, we are, we are trying a lot of different Mm -hmm. things on the network this year, you know, with the, um, the Brady Bunch house that we bought that people might've heard about. So yes, I did hear about that. Yes. That, and then we have extreme makeover home edition coming back in the next few months. So there's a couple kind of different things that we're trying on the network that I think a lot of people are going to be really excited to see. And I'm super excited to be working on all of them. And I think that's kind of An interesting place for people to just find new content too. That we're bringing new audiences in that weren't, that might have not typically been HGTV fans, but were were and are fans of the Brady Bunch and fans of Extreme Makeover. So we're bringing those people into the HGTV world as well.
1: Okay, Abby, I think this will be the last question. But for the What Up Wingnut Round, I remember at the Design Influencers Conference, you had mentioned, and I did this, to put hashtag HGTV or to tag you guys in the post, and you will actually get alerted and see that. Is that still effective? Do you still recommend doing that? Yes,
0: I definitely still recommend that. You know, there's a lot of people out there on the internet, and sometimes we can't get through all of our direct messages and we can't see everyone that tags us. But, you know, to be honest, sometimes when I'm sitting at home watching TV, you know, 11 p.m. on a Tuesday, I'm scrolling through hashtag HGTV and I'm looking at people who have tagged us and I'm, you know, clicking on our Mm -hmm. account to see people who have tagged us in different posts. So sometimes you never know who's sitting there at home watching, you know, something on their TV and watching what you have tagged us in. So I think that, you know, if you want us to see you put yourself in front of us in as many ways as possible and you never know who might be watching from the background.
1: Yeah, Apple Baby can be yeah, watching. You
2: never
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> in the intro, we told a ghost story about our VRBO in High Point. So that, that was Apple Baby. that's <laughs> hilarious that you just said You'll that you were we, on the, yeah. uh,
2: the 10-week ghost time. You'll
1: hear it in the playback. Okay, so Abby McCollum, I have to ask you now if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. I'm
2: ready. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut.
1: All right, Abby, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be In why? This
0: one was hard. Um my husband is a very passionate gardener and he is all about our backyard and he has recently been researching a bunch of different kinds of trees. And um, he just planted a crab apple tree in our front yard. And so that made me think, I think I would want to be a crab apple tree because it's supposed to be a very beautiful tree that has a lot of gorgeous flowers on it that brings a lot of bees in. And I feel like I'm the type of person that, you know, a lot of people like I like to talk to a bunch of people. I like to meet a bunch of people. And so I feel like this tree is kind of like a meeting spot in our yard for a lot of Bees now to come hang out and so it doesn't get too Aww. big it's kind of a medium-sized tree and so I feel like that's a great like I'll be center of the yard and people can come hang out with me so I think a crab apple tree
1: I love it you're our very first crabapple <laughs> tree <laughs> if you were on death row what would your last meal be
0: I'm kind of simple with this one. I love some spaghetti and meatballs, so I'm gonna go spaghetti and meatballs with a giant slice of garlic bread and a huge glass of red wine. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be it right there.
1: Nice oh, I'm hungry. What's for dessert? Any dessert or no um, that's it Let's
0: go cheesecake, cheesecake. strawberry cheesecake
1: <laughs> <laughs> You just won Natalie's heart. If- if you could have only one superhero power, what would it be and why?
0: Um, I'm going to say I want to be able to be in two places at one time. My husband always says that I have massive FOMO at all times. I always say, like, <laughs> I wish I could be there and I wish I could be there. So I would love to be able to split myself up into different places and be in a bunch of different places at one time and present in all of them and know that I'm my brain can come back together and know what happened in each different place. So. So kind of omnipresent, yes, omnipresent, you know, queen of FOMO. I was just <laughs> smash the FOMO and I'll be in all the different places. And
1: last but not least, what book has had the biggest impact on you either personally or professionally?
0: This one was hard. I kind of feel I have like an answer and then I have like a sneaky answer. So I love the book Tiny Beautiful Things. It's by Cheryl Strayed and I love her podcast that she did Dear Sugar. And I feel like that this book was a great one. I read it on an airplane one time and just I'm sure I freaked the guy out next to me because I was just crying because it ha- it's a bunch of short stories <laughs> all mashed together where she's answering. It's kind of like an advice column book of short stories. Oh. And I feel like every, the, every time I've read it, I feel like it is hit me in different ways. And I feel like every little story I have read one and been like, oh my gosh, this is perfect for so-and-so to read, or this is perfect. This person has to read this and get this advice. So I feel like it impacted me because some of the stories hit my heart directly. And then it also made me want to share the book with a bunch of different people so that they could kind of get a little bit of advice from this this person also. So that's my favorite. And then my sneaky one is that it's not a book, but I'm just obsessed with (laughs) reading Instagram. I know it's not a book, but I feel like I get a lot of <laughs> impact from my business from Instagram because I a lot of mm-hmm. inspirational yeah. speakers are putting stuff there. A lot of empowered women that I follow are putting a lot of stuff up on Instagram. And so I find a lot that I'm I'm just searching for really amazing people on Instagram that have influenced me in my career with some of the advice that I've seen on there. So it's not really a book, but I feel like I'm reading things there.
1: Yeah, it is total reading, and I just added tiny beautiful things to my Audible.com yes, card. This is the the, peop, the audience listening knows I do this every time, and you just told thousands of people you you referred them this book. So there you go. I, that you hit a lot of uh, birds with one. What is it? One, one stone. stone. <laughs> <laughs> birds with one stone. Abby McCollum. Where can the wingnuts find you?
0: I am Abby McCollum everywhere on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. But it's A B B I. You can blame my mom for that one. She spelled it weird, but it's Abby McCollum, A-B-B-I-M-C-C-O-L-L-U-M, Abby McCollum.
1: Okay. You might regret giving that out, but uh, <laughs> but it's done. Thank you so much for joining us on the Wingnut Social Podcast. It, what a great episode. I'm like totally stoked. I can't wait to get this out on the air. Thank you so much.
0: Me too. I'm so excited. Thank you guys for having me.
1: Natalie, I'm running right out and adding hashtag HGTV now to all my videos.
2: I figured you were, and you probably got the book in your queue that she spoke about. I said I did. I know, and you're going to reintroduce yourself as well on a video. <laughs> By the way, I'm Darnell yeah, Powell. I
1: Hello. said I'm doing all that. Yeah, I know. I'm not a dummy.
2: Well, that's okay. Well, we won't go there. We won't We won't. Well, we about, won't do that to the listeners. About some things, I'm no dummy. Well, I'm obviously a little bit of a dummy. I didn't realize how huge HGTV really was. I didn't realize that they had all kinds of other presence as far as magazines and websites, and you could be a blogger, and you don't actually have to be in front of the camera. Yeah, no, you don't have to. I mean, there's some people out there that aren't
1: comfortable on the camera, or, or A, or B, have zero desire, you know, give hoots about being on the camera, but they would like their work I published. Don't. I know you don't. Uh, You know what, though? I think there's a little bit of you, Natalie Ann Graff. Nope. Yeah, uh-huh. Yep. You you can play it cool, but I know there's a budding design star buried within that Amish- But I'm not a designer. Amish daywalker exterior. <laughs> Orang-and-tang grief. Keep going, Darla. <laughs> I know, you're not a designer. That's, That's true. true. Yeah, okay. All right, guys, so if you like what you hear, hit up that subscribe button, tell your friends what the hell, tell your enemies about the Wingnut Social podcast, and let them hear all this great content like Abby McCollum just delivered. Also, if you guys need help with your social media marketing or your interior design marketing and just in general, hit us up at wingnutsocial.com. We actually have a brand spanking new social media strategy package just for you guys who are a little bit more hands-on and just need some hashtag strategy direction. You know, how's my Instagram? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? Hint. And according to Abby, it's all very important. It's all very important. A hint, most of you guys are doing it wrong. So <laughs> nice. is that bad. No, but seriously, it's an incredibly helpful tool for a very affordable price point if you're a control freak and want to be hands-on but really are pretty much clueless about the strategy to reach your ideal client so you can check that out at wingnutsocial.com and i think that's about it for this week now you got anything else nope that's it in closing i would just like to say apple baby
2: you've reached the end of this episode of wingnut social but that's only your first step Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. Are you doodling? Yes. Don't doodle. I like to doodle. It relaxes me. Does it focus you? Yes. All right.